Teen is back. Teen is back. Teen, a teen, a teen, a teen is back. What a goddamn legend. So many wonderful faces have made the return to the challenge world, and boy, was it so much fun. It's the Challenge All-Stars 2 premiere episode recap coming up right now. Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very much for being here with us on this day, the 11th of November in the year of our Lord, 2021, we have been blessed with the debut episode of All Stars 2, and don't call it a comeback, because anywhere the challenge may be lacking in the main show, it sure as shit ain't in these parts. Kahuta is back, Tyler is back, Jasmine, the queen herself is back, Melinda, Ryan, Derek, Jody, Brad, and if you didn't hear up top, Tina is here, and boy, is she on fire. Good Lord, I had fun watching this episode, and I bet you did too. We are going to cover it all very soon, but first, a house must be kept tidy, so here are a few programming notes. This recap will be the first of many as we cover this entire season of All Stars 2, our third season covering the challenge here on the Challenges Dorian podcast. And every Thursday, we'll be watching first thing in the morning, getting the pods out as quickly as we can after. So look for the All Stars 2 recaps to be coming sometime you know, late afternoon or, or late morning, early afternoon, every single Thursday. Then... We will continue to recap Spies, Lies, and Allies for the remaining weeks that it has, which we believe is, what, 15, 16, 17, 18, plus a reunion. So five to six weeks more of the shows overlapping. Those podcasts will be done late, late, late Wednesday night, right after the show. Buna Murray still looking to get on that screener list, please and thank you. And on Tuesdays, we will then be doing our review preview podcast, but instead of one show, it'll be focused on both shows and the entire wider challenge universe at large. That is the plan for the foreseeable future. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you may be listening. Follow, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All right, tidy house. Now let's talk All-Stars recap. For this season, we will likely constantly be changing the format of this show. Uh, much the same way they're going to be constantly changing the format of the daily challenges on the show. How we plan to start, though, is like this. We are going to discuss the five big things from each episode. What things? The five big ones, whatever they are in a given episode, a storyline, a daily challenge, an elimination, a hookup, a fight, a strategy gone right or wrong. Just five things, five topics, five storylines, five things. That'll be part one. Then we will hand out a few awards because we've always got to hand out some awards and We'll be doing four of them, three we've seen before, which would be best moment, best quote, and an episode MVP, and one brand new one, which will be the fit of the week, going to the player who's old school style, because we're going to get a lot of wonderful, amazing, classic old school styles, uh, clothing styles, that is, being shown to us. Which one shines the brightest? Am I qualified to do a fashion segment? So far from it that you you have no idea how far... (laughs) Far from qualified I am to do that segment like the last person that should do a fashion segment, but I am, and I'm going to. So mostly just to get more time talking about tech and his 
beautiful suits that he is rocking already this season. So anyways, that will be our fourth award. And then post awards, we will release our weekly power rankings and make some predictions for where the season will be going. So five big things, awards, power rankings, and predictions. That's the format. And we will stick to it for as long as we see fit because challengers and te- because like challengers in TJ's game, our podcast listeners must always be ready for a twist. And with that, let's go ahead and get started. Up first are five big things. So again, they could be anything, any anything that's a thing, a storyline, a daily challenge, an elimination, um, a hookup, any any anything that's a thing. It could be in five big things. And this week, um, for the first episode and first time doing the five big things is almost kind of a difficult one to do, given this whole episode kind of was all one thing. It was just a reintroduction to. All of these wonderful, amazing, old, some familiar, some older, newer, what have you, all-star faces, and that is where we will start with thing number one, and that is everyone is back, and it is so much fun to see all 24 faces, a few of which, a decent amount, six, seven, eight, I don't have the actual number right in front of me, we're on all-stars one, so we have seen a few of them, the Derek Durrell, Katie's of the world. We saw them, you know, very recently on All Stars 1, but now uh, adding quite a few brand new people back in, some that haven't been around in, uh, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years, six, seven, eight, nine years, dozens of seasons of the challenge ago. So it is great, great, great to see everyone. And the number one thing I want to say about it is this episode more or less is this anyways, but we get to the end of the episode, they do a daily challenge, and then it, it ends after that. And we we don't realize that these episodes are going to maybe be, I guess, they're not actually shorter. They're If this was on cable, this would be an hour-long time slot, and without the commercials watching it on streaming, it's you know, like 40, 45 minutes. Uh, but wasn't expecting the end of the episode, and that is why, with everyone being back, this is the exact opportunity the whole episode should just be getting to know everyone again. There should be no daily challenge, no elimination, no nothing, but just these people going into the house and reuniting. TJ doesn't even have to be a part of it. He could do like a little opening welcome monologue. Um, but we don't have to explain the game. We don't have to do any of the game yet. It can be a whole, whole episode onto itself, which again, it almost, it, it almost was, um, if, you know, um, but it should have been. I actually thought, um, it, it would have made sense for this version of the show, All Stars, to be the one that does something like that, which is something that actually Spies, Lies, and Allies, season 37 that's currently airing, did as well. And I thought, admittedly, maybe the best episode of the entire season of Spies, Lies, and Allies was the quote-unquote global activation special, aka episode zero, that aired the Monday night before the Wednesday premiere of episode one. And if you didn't want, haven't watched the season or didn't don't remember what the beginning of the season was, episode one on Wednesday night of that season started and all of these brand new people, 19 new rookies and a bunch of international people we've never seen before, have no idea who they are, um, the episode opens with them like on the starting line of a daily challenge. It's like, what's going on here? And that was because they aired an entire 90-minute episode zero global activation special, whatever you want to call it. They didn't market it as a full episode, even though it was, and it was maybe the best episode of the season where it was just 90 minutes of all the people coming to the house in two different groups. They split it up, 
and one by one, getting to know a little bit about each of the people, getting to give them some moments, getting to have them all like, hey, there's no challenges coming up for a day or two here. Like, get into the house. Here's some alcohol. Here's some food. Have a good time. There's a pool. Dress up. Do whatever you want. Have a great time. Get to know everyone. And it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was an unbelievable episode. And this episode of All Stars is pretty much that, just in a very short, condensed version of that for about, I don't know, 25 minutes or so until they had to get to the daily challenge. And I think just next season of All-Stars 3, just go all in on like a where are they now episode. Episode one, where are they now, special episode. Just let us give them a pool, give them a bar, give them some sunshine, and let's let's revisit everyone. Because we do we do get the check-ins with every pretty much everyone uh, been, um maybe not quite every single person i mean out of the 24 there were a few times where someone would come on screen later except during the daily challenges they went through each person where i was like oh we actually we haven't seen i forgot kahuta's here oh my god amazing kahuta's here we haven't seen him yet or like you know things like that but we get the check-ins pretty much with everyone nothing super shocking in the kind of where are they now is catch us up on your life confessionals that each of the players gives a few worth shouting out. Tina starts the whole episode off. Uh, Tina's going to get a lot of coverage on this podcast, by the way, if you didn't pick that up from how this podcast opened, but Tina starts us all off letting us know she's a rich bitch. She's a rich housewife. She loves her life. No kids, married, no job, a pool in the backyard. And she's just here to see if she's basically, she's just here to provide us with good television. And she knows she's still got that, but she, she doesn't need the money. Uh, she doesn't need to prove anything to herself. She's got a great life and she lets us know. And that's awesome. Uh, we find out that Steve from road rules, the quest and the gauntlet fame, if you will. Steve is now a hand model or has been a hand model for many years. You've probably seen his hands and never know, have never known. That's the proper way to say that. Have never known that you've seen Steve hands a bunch of places in commercials throughout the years. And also he likes to let everyone know that yes, he has a lot of hair now. And he thinks as Jasmine tells us, he'll tell you 52 straight times how he looks like Jason Momoa and Aquaman. And he just doesn't. And Steve, you're a good looking guy. You got a solid head of hair on you. You don't look like Jason Momoa. I'm sorry. Um, so that's that. Jasmine uh, owns her past like a queen. She's the only... They all kind of reference who they were in the challenge world previously, but Jasmine really goes for it and just totally owns. And it's just like, hey, here's the... I punch mirrors. I dance on stripper poles. I, you know, my kid's going to have to watch this, and that's something I have to live with. And that's amazing. Way to own your shit, Jasmine. Brad... Uh, he seems like he could use a win. Let's just put it that way. The head tattoo, a little head scratching. Lots of spouses, lots of children being talked about, lots of steady careers. We got accountants. We got financiers. We got designers. We got teachers. We got contractors. We got a bunch of working class folks, and that is wonderful, and all the reintroductions are wonderful. Again, next time around, only note for this episode at all for the Buna Murray folks that are, of course, obviously, as always, listening and taking my every word and stealing my every ideas, as they should. No credit needed. Um, but All-Stars 3, in every season of the challenge, um, All-Stars, regular season, any any possible version of the challenge, episode one, just let us, let us luxuriate 
in the amazingness of all of these faces being back in our lives and all of them being in the house together and giving them some just time to to have the real vacation aspect of it set in before they get to the competition. So that's that early connections and alliances. Speaking of kind of everyone being back, this is kind of within that realm. Um, Early connections and alliances, we get very quickly the Cancun trio, Jasmine, Jane, and Derek, having done Cancun together, having done Battle of the Seasons together, having done another season or two where they overlap, Jasmine and Jane, been partners on Rivals and whatnot. So that trio immediately comes together. They're in Cancun again everything lining up for that to be a strong alliance in the game. We find out Janelle and Darrell secretly good friends from their time in the Bay Area. Bay Area folks stick together and that no one else knows that potentially knows that those two even know each other. They never crossed paths. Actually, they would have. Did they cross paths on Inferno 3? I don't remember if Darrell was on that season or not. I think he was. Uh, but they maybe briefly crossed paths and challenge history, but not real world road rules, anything like that. So, that is kind of an under-the-radar little alliance brewing. And then we got Leah, Ayana, Sophia, and Steve kind of as the... We only ever did really one or two seasons of this. It was a really long time ago. We don't really know anyone, haven't kept up with anyone. They're kind of trying to find someone to latch on to. And the final alliance we start to see form is the Derek and Jody. Derek makes it known right away. Jody, you are the best female in the house. I We were on an original Road Rules together. I want to run and win a final with you and the Nehemiah versus Derek thing. So those are kind of your early connections, alliances, uh, rivalries that are brewing. That is our first big thing. Everyone's back, and everyone looks amazing. Everyone is is amazing, and this show is amazing. Thing number two, the vibe, the party atmosphere, the toast that's given, just all around all-stars working again. Very clearly, episode one of season two, it still works. It's still going to work. It's going to be amazing. The vibe of the whole thing is just its own thing. It's, it is all stars. You can tell it's an all stars season, even if they would name it something else. And the vibe of it all is amazing. They go hard on the nineties, uh, theme yet again, second season in a row that they're clearly going to do that. The backstreet boys needle drop of everybody backstreet's back. That, that was fantastic. Nineties, nineties, early two thousands kid here. Definitely loving all the nostalgia play they're going for with all of it. Um, and the, the vibe of the house of, Something I I don't think I ever could fully considered on All Stars One that very much uh, kind of caught my eye on All Stars Two and realization that I had on this first episode. These people are here for vacation and like real vacation, and that's not that's not a slight to them saying they aren't there to win some money, compete those sorts of things. Plenty of them very much are, but what I mean by this is they immediately get there and they can't wait to have a drink in their hand. All of them, any of them that drink alcohol at any point in their lives are ready. Get us to the bar, get us a drink, mix them up, find whatever's available, and let's hang out by the pool and let's party. They set them up for that a little bit. They put them out on like a little beach gathering, a beach bar until TJ comes and says, hello, you can go to the house. They go to the house, and the only thing they do is immediately like, yeah, we found some beds, but like, where's the bar? Let's hang out by the pool. Let's get in the pool. Let's have a good time. And what I realized during this is that the the trick of this isn't just that these folks come for the most part all come from an era of the challenge where maybe the good times vacation party we're just here to have fun vibes were a little bit higher than they were in today's version of the game but also the fact that this is an older working crowd does mean that this truly is much more of a vacation for these people where they might completely let loose if you're casey who i believe says she's an accountant like 
yeah, you get to go to Cancun for a couple weeks. Yes, it would be great to com- to have fun competing and to prove yourself a different competitor than you were in the past and win $500,000, but you know what would also be great? Getting to take a multi-week vacation to Cancun when you're an accountant or like Katie works in finance or Tyler is a teacher and is like, I'm, you know, I get to get away from the classroom and I get to go to Cancun and drink and s- swim in pools and play fun games and maybe win half a million dollars. So they're... They just have a different level of this is a release for them. This is a, truly a vacation away from a very busy, um, a, from a, a true life that exists outside of the game. Whereas nowadays on the regular season of the show with a little bit younger of a cast and honestly not even that much younger anymore. The cast is definitely skewed older on the regular seasons. But of those people coming into that show with their main goal of like, this is my job. This is what I do. I am building a, a an influencer career. I am on reality television. I am a, an Instagram influencer. I am a mild celebrity. That is what I am trying to do. So going on to the show and doing the shows is literally work and doesn't come with the same kind of mindset of like all these folks who are like, nah, I sit at a desk all day long. I go home and I got three kids. I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my wife, whatever. I love my life, but this is, I don't get to go to Cancun and drink with a bunch of old fret pals all the time. Like this is, you know, this is reliving, this is getting gathered with your college friends that one time every three, four years where you're like, shit, we just, should we go to Vegas for a weekend? Should we go, should we fly off to Cancun to a resort for a weekend? That's what this is to those people. And the vibe definitely lets that be known. We get the big toast. Nehemiah gives the toast. We knew that coming in from the from the trailer, what we didn't know is Nehemiah claims TJ ordered him to give a toast on TJ's behalf, but like TJ just welcomed them to the show and then sent them to the house and will come back and welcome them a second time later on. So did TJ tell them? Did production really say like, I mean, I could totally see production being like, hey, someone's got to give a toast if, if you guys aren't aren't all savvy enough or it's been too long since you've been on the show someone should you know you should get all together in one big shot everyone should get a drink raise it up someone give a toast but like did someone really go to nehemiah tj a producer someone and be like hey you're giving the toast so think of something to say make sure you get everyone about the pool and do a toast don't know it was a good toast though quality toast we didn't get to hear of it looks like he they kind of put a confessional of his over top of the toast actually happening and it seemed like he gave like a decently long toast so maybe maybe it was great maybe it wasn't that good and that's why they put the confessional over the top who knows but it seems like he gave a great toast they claim it's going to be the best season they ever had we'll see about that there's a lot of great seasons out there and we'll we'll see i, I expect it to be a very 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 good season very 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 good season a plus is in well within its grasp and its reach but that doesn't mean that some other a pluses have existed over the years and final thing on this thing is just all-Stars just works, man. Like, it just works. It's just the, again, the everything just said, the realization that, like, it's just a different environment because it's a different thing for these people where they're at in their lives to go do this, and they treat it differently, and they come into it differently. And the the nostalgia of all of it, the, the relationships we have with so many of these people, and the enjoyment of getting to see the relationships they used to have be either reconnected, rekindled, or 
you know, grow more sour or, you know, the, the rivalries that used to be there come back up and people that still aren't over it, what, all of it. it. It all just works. All-Stars just works. So the vibe, that's thing number two. Thing number three, a little bit quicker of one, the house. The house is sick. Turns out sleeping 24 versus 34 really does change the real estate you can get because did I notice this is straight up waterfront property? <laughs> um, I don't know how many times they've had that good of a setup waterfront property in Cancun not the easiest thing to come by and the thing I love about the house the most of all is that maybe we've just missed part of it and they just haven't shown much of it so far but it doesn't seem like there's almost any indoor space other than the bedrooms and the bedrooms are very small and cramped together as always which forces everyone to go outside to the pool, which on one side of the pool, you've got a bar. And on the other side of the pool, you have your outdoor gym, which I think is just a perfect setup. Be like, here's your pool. You can work out on that side. You can drink on this side, choose, choose your path. But everyone, there's almost no room in the house. If you're not in your bed sleeping, come on out, sit by the pool, be in the social element, one little social communal area where you can either work out, drink, lounge by the pool, whatever way, one way or the other, you're all hanging out together. Thought that was really nice. The poolside bar looks amazing. The poolside gym looks amazing. The waterfront property looks amazing. And it also seemed like um, we get the little shot of them walking out right before the daily challenge. And now, do I think they got on a bus and drove somewhere? Yes, but maybe not. Because it looks like their their property, the couple overhead aerial views we get, they it looks like you could walk right out to where the waterfront is and potentially be in exactly the spot where they might have been doing that daily challenge. And that would be pretty amazing if they're like, yo, we're going to do half the challenges like right there, like right out front. You just got to walk out to the water and we'll do stuff out there. That'd be really cool. So the house thing number three is amazing. Thing number four, the format of the show. We do, it, it takes a moment, but we eventually find out the format of the show. We've got 24 individuals here and it is similar to All-Stars 1. It is a, a version of free agents, um, a version not quite a version of dual, but it's a version of an individual season, which most famously we've had the two dual seasons. We've had free agents um, and we've had uh, eventually war of the world's one. Uh, we've had some individual seasons over the years, but it's kind of a free agent style in that the daily challenges are, could be a team challenge, could be a pairs challenge, or could be an individual challenge, but one way or the other, there will be an individual male and female winner Important note that TJ makes it clear that on the days where it will be teams or pairs that you will get to pick every single time, that they will not be putting them in teams. It will always get to be their choice, which makes the alliances and things matter. It also could lead to some dominance by specific players and teams if they kind of match up and could also lead to a, what we saw back on the duel, kind of a re- a revisit of what went down on, especially Duel 2, even more than Duel 1. Um, back on Duel 2, season seven, 17, 17 um, one of my favorite seasons of all time, uh, what would happen was, which this isn't going to be how the rest of the format, which we'll get to, of this season worked, but back then, not only a, most of the daily challenges ended up being in pairs. There were some teams, there were some individuals, but there was a lot of pairs, and every time there was pairs, Pretty much from episode one on in that season, people picked their partner, more or less, and they kind of stuck with it because either, you know, uh, most of the people either really liked who their partner was, either had a relationship coming in or, you know, went well early on. They're like, I'm going to stick with you. Or by the time a couple challenges in, 
the people were kind of just set in their ways and alliances have been formed, so you kind of couldn't ditch your partner. It, they just ended up being that, and then even more so, the way the, the voting into elimination worked on that season was a draft every single time, a reverse order draft where the winners of the challenge, daily challenge, would start, and they would pick one name to then save. And then that person picked someone and that person picked someone and literally drafted all the way down until there was a male and a female left. And those people were going into the elimination. And I say all that because in that it turned into who were the pairs and the pairs kind of always pick each other. And so everyone always kind of knew the order it was going to go in and, and whatnot. So this choice in anytime it's pairs or teams, you guys get to pick who you play with could come in to be a major factor is is the major factor of how alliances will work how strategy will work in this season but daily challenges teams pairs or individual they get to pick if it is teams or pairs last place male or female which we assume you know maybe if it's a team one they get to decide who of the last place team somehow but last place male and female straight into the elimination first place male and female or pair, or I assume team maybe gets to pick representative male and female, get to pick two men and two women, four total people, to nominate for the second elimination spot. The rest of the house then votes on those four nominees and picks one of the two males, one of the two females, to go into the arena, into elimination, versus the losing pair. And every elimination will then be a two-on-two, two-people-go-home, which... Um, uh, it's the moment we got to say this. TJ, man, we love TJ. We are, it, I mean, every challenge fan, if there's a challenge fan out there that like somehow thinks TJ is a bad host or shouldn't be the host, I don't think that person even exists. I don't know how they could exist if they do, but I don't think any of them exist for good reason because TJ is the best host on television. He and Jeff Probst are in a class of their own. They are the only ones anywhere near the tippy top of the mountain. Everyone else is down at the base of the mountain. Those two are absolutely the best. TJ, in my opinion, the best of the best. He is a legend walking among us, but while he will have, we will, we will talk about some amazing things he did later in the episode, there's one moment that I got such a laugh out of, and that is when he is explaining the game at the Daily Challenger immediately after. He says, and we will get to what he says right before his twist. He, he has a long monologue. We'll talk about that later. But he tells them there's a twist, and he says, you know what? We're just going to do double twist already. Double eliminations, it's going to be the whole time. And TJ, production team. Um, if you haven't done a single elimination yet where it's one person, then changing it to double eliminations isn't a twist. It's just the format. <laughs> like, so labeling it as, and a twist, it's going to be double eliminations. I guess you could say it's, it's a twist from All-Stars 1, where this was the format of All-Stars 1 pretty much, with this, the difference being it started as single eliminations and moved to double eliminations halfway through. So I guess that's maybe why they think it's a twist. We're changing the way the eliminations work from the start. But when you haven't done one yet, it can't be a twist. It's just the format. So that's the format. And it leads to the, the, uh, the, the two questions that come out of it. One, as uh, somewhat predicted on us on the, our preview extravaganza podcast is he's, he doesn't say one person will win $500,000. He says there's $500,000 up for grabs. And it makes me think that they are going to already learn their lesson from All-Stars 1 
and from that they learned way back on War of the Worlds 1 and that they even to a lesser degree learned back on Vendettas. We've had some seasons where only one single person wins and you leave yourself open to the possibility that uh, that things get a little unbalanced with the winners. And so I alluded to the fact that are they going to already switch it up and make it a pair wins or a male and a female win the way on free agents or dual individual seasons it was this is an individual guy season and an individual girl season and you know those overlap and you're working together but in the end there will be one female one male standing with some money so i i think it, this alludes to that being even more likely than it might have been in in the uh going into the season and then the other question it, it leads to is Will the pairs that start out and that we already got in the round in the first daily, will they stand pat? Will Derek and Jody stay together the whole time through? Or will a lot of other people, the Brads, Durrells, be like, hey, Jody's clearly the best female here physically, so uh, I want her to be my partner, and I will talk her into be my partner. Or if I get power with someone else, I will try to take out Derek so that I can get Jody as my partner. Will, will pairs stand pat? Um how much will they change or will it be an episode or two? And then once they kind of get settled, will there be so many people that are, you know, stuck with who they want to be with um, that no one else has anywhere to move. Um, And again, kind of be similar to that dual two where it's like, these are kind of the pairs where this is an individual season. Anything could change if they wanted to, but it doesn't really happen. They kind of make their friend early on and that's who they're with the whole way. So that was thing number four, the format. The final thing then is the daily challenge. We do get a daily challenge. It's a pretty, it's a decent one to start them with. Um, Admittedly, the first challenge on all stars one was a bit more fun, a bit more, difficult for them to do that was one where they had to run into the water and swim down underwater and pull up these big heavy uh numbered blocks that they brought back and used to answer math questions um but this one it's called boarding party and two at a time played in pairs they get to pick their pairs they go out on a boat and their time starts when they jump on the first stationary boat they run across that boat pick up a red skull, have to stuff it in their pants or their life jacket or hold on to it, go across the balance beam that connects one boat to another floating boat, climb up on that other floating boat, run across the top of it, jump off and dunk the ball in a basketball hoop to end their time. Seems pretty basic, seems relatively easy, and then it doesn't go so well. Um, Not a single person tries to walk across the balance beam literally one by one by one by one by one they all just scoot and get over and not get last which let's back up a moment it starts with them all getting to pick their partner tj tells them you get to pick go ahead and do that right now and the everyone kind of does it pretty quietly and easily with these the only one that stands out is immediately when tina uh, when when tj says it Tina yells out, Nehemiah, where are you at? Nehemiah, where are you? And Nehemiah looks at Tina and says, nothing. He ignores it, looks around. Ayana comes to him. He says, yeah, I'm good with it. Very similar to the, you know, the CT on Double Agents with Cam, um, except even less response from Nehemiah. So he doesn't want Tina. He takes Ayana, and that comes back to bite him in the butt because they go third in this after two people have completed it. Uh, One of them, Derek and Jody, with some form of speed but still hadn't walked across the balance beam. It crawled. 
and Nehemiah and Ayana go. Nehemiah at least attempts to step out onto the balance beam standing and slips and crushes down, landing split leg on the balance beam, crushing his manly parts. Um, And that also might have been what scares the rest of not only eventually Ayana falling and them DQing and everyone else knowing we just have to finish to not be last, but also everyone seeing Nehemiah fall and slip like that and bang up his his jewels. seem to maybe also scare people away from wanting to try to walk across the beam. So Nehemiah, ignoring Tina, goes with Anna. That fail uh, fails miserably, comes back to bite both of them. They are now going into elimination as the only ones who didn't totally complete. A few people missed their dunk at the end, most hilariously. <laughs> Casey, who says, you know, look, I'm five foot one. Uh, for most of the people jumping off this, it's not that hard to dunk the ball or get very close and do a nice little layup. For me, I can't get anywhere near that rim. Tech's like, yo, I got you. I'll just like throw you. And without a lot of warning, very mild warning, he's just like, yeah, get ready. Grabs her and just pushes her off. And I'm like, I don't think that actually helps at all. Like, I don't think that's going to help. Like, you could have got down on your hands and knees and let her stand on your back and jump from a higher point. I feel like that might have worked, but that's funny. But she at least gets much further than Ayana does. Ayana and Nehemiah are going in. And afterwards, because of everyone, not trying to walk, just playing to not get last, not playing to win. TJ calls them out. And I want to go ahead and just play everything that TJ says because it's it's one of the best moments of the, the episode. And TJ just every every season, every, every season he becomes more and more comfortable. Somehow at this point he's already 100% comfortable, but he gets, he gets a little bit more aggressive in what he's willing to say or do or how much he's willing to kind of own. Like, hey, this is my game, my show, and you're letting me me down. So let's let's just hear what TJ had to say to them after their less than stellar performance in this first mission. Well, that sucked. How bad could you possibly play? You boot scoop boogied that shit all the way across that thing. Come on. I mean, not one of you went across that balance beam like a balance beam. Everybody looked like a bunch of scared cats. You look pitiful. Just embarrassing. All right, I want to see you do it before you start talking smack. I want to see you do it before you start talking smack. Listen, that was playing not to lose. I need you to play to win. There's 500 grand on the mark. You got to get that. So I think it's time for a twist. From here on out, every elimination is a double elimination. Loved every second of that. Uh, personally, my my most disappointed. I was disappointed as was TJ. I get I get just not wanting to not wanting to last on the first one. Um, but uh, you know, you, a lot of you could have walked across that and done it fine. Especially the one I'm most disappointed is Kahuta, who comes out and admits as a contractor in Montana who is up on top of beams all the time, building stuff, working on buildings and construction and this, that, and the other, that his whole crew and team back home will be laughing their butts off that he wouldn't even attempt to walk across that wide of a beam of only a foot or two off of the water, but he doesn't care. He doesn't want to go into elimination. So, um, I was mostly just disappointed because it was also pretty much the only Kahuta we got the whole episode, but there's 24 people. I get it. We will get plenty of him. I'm sure. And I hope Derek and Jody, strong pair. They get the win by a second over Tina and Steve, who do a wonderful job. And again, kind of even makes it worse on Nehemiah not having picked Tina when she called out for him immediately. And 
We'll talk about it during the power rankings, but Jody may just be on a different level than the other women physically. To be seen, um, not anything that's like shockingly stand out, like, oh my gosh, like they put Jenny West uh, in the middle of an all star season, what's going on? But um, maybe on a different level. We will come to see, but those two definitely a pair to be reckoned with early and often. So that's the daily challenge, the format, the house, the vibe, and everyone being back. Those are our five big things. Now let's move into and hand out some hardware. Awards time, and we will be doing four awards per episode for this season of All-Stars 2, three of which we've done plenty before on All-Stars, Spies, Lies, and Allies, and all the rest. That would be Best Moment, Best Quote, and Episode MVP. We're going to ditch the Best and Worst Strategy Award for this season just because um, last season of All-Stars, and we kind of expect this one as well, there to be a little less strategy and gameplay going on with the format being both more simple and um just the i just feel like there's gonna be less strategy going on and we'll leave it at that so we're not doing those awards and if there's any big strategic blunders or masterpieces we will talk about them in five big things but our fourth award and the first one we are going to start off with is our new award and that is best fit and yes uh, this is a fashion-based award, which I have zero business handing out, but we're doing it anyways, mostly because I'll probably like to start doing it on the regular season of the show because it's just as comical on the regular season when what the people produce and what by later in the season when they realize I didn't pack for two months, um, what they start to wear, the clothes they start to share, and things that are worn and costumes and all that stuff it's very very fun and very entertaining to talk about um even more so on all stars all stars one it was very very fun to see these people that were on television in the late 90s and throughout the 2000s a time when fashion was notoriously bad even as an uneducated person a person who grew up wearing a lot of the bad fashion that went on um all these people were kind of trying to redeem themselves from what they had put forward back in the day in their television career and they were you know dressing super well but also doing throwback parties wearing some old crazy wild stuff and uh, I just thought it'd be fun and mostly as an excuse to just talk about tech a little bit more every single episode that he's a part of because he'll probably be on this segment every single episode um you know, we're going to do a best fit award. So two nominees this week for the best fit. And the first one is the one that I just said is more or less the reason for this. And that is tech tech nominated for multiple different outfits within this episode. First and foremost, the two different suits that we see him wearing both in the confessional room, the pink one and on the boat as well with the glasses on the boat too. And just, and every, everything about it, just uh, a classy, suave individual just looking like a million bucks, owning the room, owning the boat, owning owning the space around him, and just being, being amazing and exuding, exuding that confidence through his attire and through his presence. But he also gets this nominee, even if he wouldn't have been wearing those fly suits, he would have got this nominee for also the birthday suit that he wore. The best fit might have been him doing what only tech can do. In the moment Nehemiah finishes his toast, he's like, all right, we're all here. Time to get naked and jump in the pool. So he gets uh, nominated for that. And then the second nominee has got to go to Cancun Derek, who I would like to. We got two Derricks this season. And instead of using last initials, I would rather, because I feel like Derek from Real World Cancun just fits 
fits the vibe of the Cancun. Uh, he's a perfect casting on that that season of Real World. Perfect casting here. I just feel like he fits Cancun vibe, and I'd rather call him Cancun Derek than Derek C. And then the other Derek, Derek Kaczynski. Um, I'm just gonna go with uh, Extreme Derek. Road Rules Extreme, and also the guy's a little bit extreme. And as he says in this episode, uh, he thinks in. He's got an argument to be made for sure. The most badass person in the history of the challenge. And again, argument could be made. Absolutely. So we're going extreme Derek and Cancun Derek. That's how we're going to separate these two when talking about them. So Cancun Derek gets nominated for best fit for he goes not quite full drag, but partial drag doing a full Tina impersonation or a neat, a neat, a neat. Yes. Uh, Tina backwards, a neat. Uh, is his his alter ego his his Tina impersonation his Tina copycat two Tinas walking around the house is one of the best things I've ever seen and he pulls off he pulls the look off well he pulls off the impression <laughs> like pretty pretty dang well from the walk to the using a swear word every other word in whatever he is saying uh, all of it is great so best fit. Because uh, it's a toss-up between Tech and Derek, but because I feel like Tech might win this award a lot this season, I'm going to go ahead and with week one, give it to Derek for his entire Anit Tina impersonation and performance. That's best fit. Now let's talk best moment, which, shocker, one of the five nominees is Cancun Derek doing drag, being Anit, playing Tina, his entire impersonation. That entire moment is awesome and wonderful, as we just said, and we just now said a second time. So that is nominee number one for the best moment. The entire running into the house sequence. Ah, these guys, you can tell they're professionals and they're long-term veterans because they know when you get to the house, you run into the house. And they, they sometimes don't run into the house anymore. It always makes me really sad. I really look forward to that moment. So that was a wonderful moment of the episode. That's nominee number two. The nominee number three is has been referenced a couple times, but the toast and then tech stripping naked and jumping into the pool and everything. I believe it's Ayana uh, that says then, you know, I'm a queen and a queen recognizes when she sees a king and tech jumping into that pool. Uh, I believe she says the scepter maybe is what she says um, for the the parts that Tech reveals in getting naked and jumping in the pool. Um, that whole the toast and pool party little montage right after is all wonderful. That's nominee number three. Nominee number four, uh, at the expense of our guy Nehemiah, his moment of slipping and falling and them showing it over and over and over and everyone else's reaction to how painful it looks and had to be. And clearly the editing and production team, how loud they made the moment when he lands on the beam. Like unless Nehemiah is out here wearing literally a steel cup, um, there's no way it was anywhere near as loud as what they make it, but just, you know, add to the effects and you got to do that. So that's moment four. And then moment number five, we played it for you earlier, but TJ just ripping into the players um, and doing so with a smile, with a grin, with a smirk on his face and a small chuckle in the background of everything he is saying. Just amazing stuff from TJ. So TJ ripped into the players. Nehemiah maybe never being able to have children again. Cancun Derek as a neat the toast slash tech getting naked into the pool in the run into the house. Those are your five best moment nominees. And well, we can't give it to Cancun Derek because we already gave him best fit for the same exact thing. Um, and you know what? We're going to give it to the toast and tech get naked and jumped into the pool to uh, kind of give Nehemiah a win for the toast since he 
you know, his his private parts took a loss later on in one of the other best moments. So that's the best moment of the episode, but there's a lot of great moments, those five chiefly among them. Now on to best quote. We have four nominees for best quote. Of course, two of them come from Tina, who dominated this episode. Um, the first comes from Tina explaining her fabulous life and her lack of a need to be on this show or for any money that it could provide. Let's hear Tina explain where she is at in her life right now. Don't call it a comeback. I'm known in the challenge world for getting angry, being mean, and my one-liners. Oh, you got a lot of nerves. This isn't my first challenge. Beth, Tina, my life is fabulous. I have a husband, no kids. I don't work. I have a pool in the backyard. Life is really good. Get ready for your old motherfuckers. Take some bitches out. I just want to see if I still got it. I just want to see if Tina's still there. Then we've got Tech, uh, a, a dual kind of quote nominee, back-to-back Tech in the field, a back-and-forth with MJ that both of them showing their wit, showing their humor, being hilarious and awesome, and then immediately followed by Tech in the confessional explaining himself and how great he is in a way Tech only can do. So let's hear both of that, that exchange and that confessional back-to-back here from Tech. Tech money! What up, MJ? How you doing, man? So good What's to see up? You. What up, you big country boy, you? <laughs> Last season was the first season of the Challenge All-Stars. I got eliminated on the third challenge by Nehemiah. So I'm back. I'm back for redemption. I needed to come and do this again, prove myself. You look wonderful, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. You got that Pepto-Bismol coming out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the shit. Why am I an all-star? Because I'm tech money, baby. I got the looks. I got the brain. I got the gift of gab. I'm like Amazon. You know, the total package. <laughs> Nominee number three is then Tina uh, for a second time. We get to the Daily Challenge. Her and Steve are last up, about to go. And Tina, before she goes, has to explain to the audience that she is bringing something new to the table this time around in her challenge adventure. And that is... Well, we'll just let her explain. Go, 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 I have some elements I have to deal with, which is uno and dos. Didn't have those back in the day. They are big, huge hazards. So I tape these suckers up, titties down. Let's fucking play. And finally... Uh, the fourth and final nominee for the best quote is not just a quote, but his entire monologue. And we've talked about it multiple times already, but it's everything TJ says in ridiculing these players for their lack of competitive spirit. We're not going to play it again. It's a monologue. So it's a little bit long to actually win best quote, but it certainly gets nominated. We will give the win a dual win through both of Tina's quotes. Pretty much everything that came out of Tina's mouth, this entire episode was flawless and amazing and God damn, it's so good to have her back. So she gets to win for best quote. And wouldn't you know it, she's also up for episode MVP. So let's talk MVP. Four people received votes. A fifth received the rest of the votes and got the win. Receiving votes were Nehemiah definitely gets a vote. He's kind of front and center. He is of the of the people that were on All Stars one. I would say it's kind of it's it, I guess it's actually four of them it's nehemiah Darrell, Derek, and jane are definitely kind of now the like you were on all stars ones some others were and i text really in that group too i guess they kind of leaned on almost everyone that was on all stars one into all stars two but nehemiah at least 
if he was truly ordered to give the toast and then just he was doing a lot in the he had probably maybe the most confessionals i didn't keep track but possibly up there and then you know loses has the moment in the in the daily doesn't pick tina ends up losing now he's going in him and derek's mini rivalry is brought up so he gets some votes he's very present in this episode derek gets a vote for sure for winning for those moments with nehemiah for kind of being one of those you know returning standard bearers of the show jasmine gets some votes just uh got a little bit extra time more than the rest uh, as far as her where are they now kind of confessional or two and then getting some little time with the the cancun trio coming back together and just being amazing and being everything we wanted Jasmine to be coming back into this world. So she received a vote. TJ gets a vote for his performance for sure, but the only one that received more than a single vote received all the rest of the votes, however many more are out there. The one that won the MVP of this episode could have been no one else, but who they begin the episode with, and that is Tina. Tina easily was, as we talked about on the preview pod, one of the, her and Tyler were my kind of top two absolute these are the people I'm the most excited for out of everyone being excited for coming back. The most excited I was for anyone was Tina and Tyler. And I would say consensus fan wise, Tina was one of the biggest names they were bringing back and the most that kind of fit the highest percentage, hundred percent all the way fit the idea of all stars. Like let's bring some people from earlier days that everyone loved, beloved, bring them back put them back in, see if they're still amazing at television. Turns out she is. Uh, Didn't expect anything less. She's got amazing quotes throughout. You know, she's a big part of the Cancun Derek Anit segment, uh, which is so much fun, as we talked about. She does great in the Daily Challenge. She's kind of running shit at the bar. Um, She is also immediately the the first first pandering of any type we see is John A going up to Tina at the bar and being like, oh my God, I love you. You're the best. And admitting in the confessional, Tina might end up having a lot of political power. I just want to suck up to her. I know she can be really mean if she doesn't like you. So I want her to like me. Um, and that whole exchange is like, it's kind of super awkward, um, to be honest. Um, it makes sense why it's so awkward when John A and confessional explains her reasoning for doing it. Um, but uh, Tina just dominates this episode top to bottom. She gets the win. She is the MVP, and I bet that this will not be the only MVP she wins this season, especially if I'm the one handing out the awards. So those are our awards. Let us then move into from our awards to kind of like an award, but a little bit different, our rankings, our power rankings, that is. And let's expand those power rankings from a top three that we came into the season with to at least a top five on both sides. As we have done with every season we've covered on the Challenge Historian podcast, and as we started this season in our preview extravaganza with, we will be doing power rankings. We will be updating them every single week. And this one, we will do the female rankings and the male rankings, individual rankings, separate male. Excuse me. Can't stop burping slash uh, hiccuping. That could be bad. But we're not going to start this segment over, so we're just going to keep it moving. Female ranking, male ranking, individual. For the moment, there's 12 of each. We didn't even lose anyone. I don't want to do one through 12 on both sides. So we're going to do a top five. We opened the season on our preview extravaganza podcast. We just gave you a top three. And there actually has been one change on the male side to the top three immediately after the first episode. But we're going to give you a top five on both sides. We'll update them throughout the season. And as always, these rankings are a composite of two, two thoughts or, you know, 
arbitrary scores I'm giving these people in my heads, and those two different things are best chance to make the final and also best chance to win a final if you were to get there. So this is not necessarily power ranking just on who I think is the best players in a vacuum independently of what's going on in the game. It is a reflection of their standing in the current game. So I've gotten, you know, feedback in the past. How can this person be ahead of this person? This person's way better as a challenger. We're like, yeah, in a vacuum, if it was the season was just starting, yeah, that person's way better. But currently, where they're set up, how likely they are to go into elimination, how who their partner or team is, things like that, they're not in as good of a position. So this is based on their position in the current game and is as much reflective of who I think can make a final as who I think will win the final. Those two kind of balance together. So on the female side, top three don't change from what we did on the preview podcast. That is Jody, Kendall, Tina, and then we're adding Katie and Janelle to round out the top five. Jody, Kendall, Tina, Katie, Janelle. And I I think, as I alluded to earlier, I think there's a chance, a chance that Jody is just on a slightly different level uh, physically, competitively than the other women. She does, as said on the preview, as said uh, whenever time we've talked about her, and as she says in this episode, she wa- did win the very first ever individual female season of The Duel. Um, so she's got a great track record there. And then now we, in her little, uh, you know, where are they now confessional segment, we learn that she does... Uh, I forget exactly what it said. Let me go back to the notes exact here and find. Sorry for this wonderful content that you are now receiving, but can't find it. But she works with the Army in some way, something like that. Uh, But she's doing physical activity. Um, And, yeah. Uh, Sorry, can't find it in the notes. Guess I didn't actually write it down as easily or well as I thought. Um, oh, there we go. Works as an army at an army wellness center, but is doing literal training type of stuff or physical training types of things and is keeping herself in very good shape. And she always was back then. It was always a great competitor. So she's at the top and especially now aligning potentially with Derek, one of the strongest guys in the house um, and someone she's worked well with in the past and has a relationship with, can work well with now and has done a season of all-stars, just everything aligned. Jody's at the top. Kendall's number two. Um, again, a little more used to the show, having done the first season, uh, showed she competitively uh, is very good still in the first season and potentially has now built a little bit more on the Alliance side uh, after that first season and some of the people returning as well as some of the new people coming in that she may have a relationship like a Leah from the past coming in who only really knows Kendall from their one season together. Um, So she's second, Tina's third, uh, think she's going to compete really well. Think she's going to be an MVP of this season. Um, whether her mouth helps her or gets her in trouble, people fear her or want her out of the house. We will see, but she's third. Katie is fourth. I enjoyed getting to hear Katie say that. Yeah. The first time I came on all stars, it was a little bit of a vacation. Now, if I'm coming back, guess what? I decided I'm going to start working out and I'm not just going to start working out. I'm going to do things that directly relate to what they were making us do on all stars one so that I can be better at all of them. So I'm running and I'm doing balance and core work and, uh, uh, she's looking fit for sure. And, uh, I believe her and she's always been a great competitor. She's just been a little smaller and loses a lot of the physical eliminations because of that. But, um, 
I totally believe in in the in the Katie's chances to get to a final or to maybe even compete for the win in a final. So she's fourth. Janelle, fifth. I like finding out about this secret alliance she might have going with Darrell. I like finding out that maybe I forget who uh Darrell went with in the daily challenge. Did the two of them go together? No, Darrell went with Kendall. Janelle went with Tyler, which makes total sense from uh Key West uh people. Uh, coming back together and also not wanting it to be known that her and Darrell, good buddies. Maybe, though, that's something that, you know, she could be attached to another really good player in Tyler, and at some point later in the season, she can maybe, if they make it to a final, be like, I kind of want to be with Darrell now. Um, So that's very good. She's got some connections. She seems like she's ready to go competitively, athletically, and so she rounds up top five. On the men's side, we've got Darrell. Derek, Brad, Kahuta, Tyler. That is my top five to start out. It actually has changed. I had Darrell, Brad, Kahuta as the top three going into the season. Derek moves all the way up, not just because he won, but because of the... I hadn't fully thought through the... I I, had thought through that he and Jody would have a connection, but not that if this is a lot of pairs working together and he immediately, because of that connection, gets to be paired with potentially the best female in the house. That's a huge boost. So he moves up to number two. Darrell stays number one. He's he's the favorite in the season, I think, on the male side. Brad's number three. He's who I predicted would win this season. And definitely those three uh, with no no shots meant at anyone, any of the other guys in the house. But just physically speaking, it seems like Darrell, Derek, and Brad um, are – kind of the ones that are taking their fitness the most seriously still to this day, which also makes total sense given they are the three that were on the show most recently. Darrell was just on Double Agents. Uh, Derek as recently as Dirty 30, um, but still been very much in the community and knowing he wanted to make a comeback. Um, and Brad as recently as Vendetta's and Final Reckoning. So it makes sense that they would be the three that are still kind of like, I'm in game shape. I've done these fairly recently enough and thought had been thinking about wanting to continue to do more. So they're ready to go. They're the top three. Kahuta, Tyler, I think both great competitors in the past and I think are going to set up just lovable figures in the house that whether they have strong connections with a bunch of people or not to start with, are going to be able to build them. Everyone's going to love having them around and are going to be able to compete very well. So they round out my top five on the guy's side. So ladies, Jody, Kendall, Tina, Katie, Janelle, men, Darrell, Derek, Brad, Kahuta, Tyler, that are those are your power rankings and now let's move into the final portion and let's check back in already on our preseason predictions and start to add a few more for the season going forward on the preview extravaganza podcast we made a lot of bold predictions we told you who would go home first all 10 people that would make the finals, assuming 10 people make the finals, and the two people that would win, or either one would win or both would win, and we're going to stick by those predictions and keep them updated throughout the season, and then we're going to do our best to add one new season-long prediction at the end of every single episode. So to update you on what we said coming in, we said the first people to go home would be Steve and Sophia, which technically... Is still possible, still could happen. Um, but uh, as someone who's watched the next week on a couple times, it does seem like one of those two people is maybe legitimately likely to go into this elimination. One of them doesn't seems to be too prevalent 
on the future season, uh, future of the season to uh, to possibly be going in. So it's not looking super likely. We already know two of the four people going into elimination. Um, neither of these two are, but who knows? Maybe could get one right. Maybe could get both right. Still, we said our finalists would be Brad, Darrell, Tyler, Kahuta, Ryan, Jody, Kendall, Jasmine, Janelle, and Melinda feel good about all of those the only one i maybe don't feel great about is not having Derek in there but you know we we weren't just going to pick all the favorites all the favorites don't always make it to the finals so we had to get a little a little mixture in there so brad Durrell, tyler kahuta ryan jody kendall jasmine janelle melinda i don't feel bad about any of those people i don't feel like worse after seeing them compete once or anything um so you know they're all in play uh, and i said the winners would be brad and jody which is so totally in play. Absolutely feel great about it, in fact. But I do worry the Jody, Derek, are they tied together the whole way through? If they go into elimination, are they going together? If they get to a final, are they running together? So is do I have any shot of actually being 100% correct on this and both of them winning and it being Brad and Jody? We will see, but it's certainly still in play. So those were the preseason predictions. So far, everything's still on the table. The one new one we will add is that we are going to say, given their location, and given that they possibly are doing daily challenges right outside the house, the new first season-long prediction we are going to add to the ledger is we will be on or in the water for 50% or more of the daily challenges. 50% or more of the daily challenges will be on or in the water. Water involved in the challenge half, at least half the time, if not more. That is our first prediction we will add to the list. So with that, We've made predictions. We've made a power rankings. We've handed out some awards. We've talked about five big things. We've done it all. And All-Stars 1, All-Stars 1, man, All-Stars 2. It's hard to even remember that we're actually already on the second season. This has all happened so fast. All-Stars 2 starts with a bang. Fantastic opening episode. Looking forward to the rest of the season. I assume I actually haven't looked at all or um, anything. I, I'm guessing maybe it's 10 episodes again. I think the first season was 10 episodes. We shall see. But very much looking forward to it. Hopefully, you are as I, I don't even have to say hopefully. I know you are. I know every fan out there was very much looking forward to All-Stars. And I would assume without having seen any of the feedback yet that uh, everyone has been as satisfied and happy with the first episode as I was. So that's All-Stars 2 Episode one in the books, as always, wherever you are listening, Spotify, Apple, hit that follow, hit that subscribe button. We've got three podcasts coming a week from now on for at least the next five weeks while these seasons overlap. You don't want to miss a single one. So hit that follow, hit that subscribe. If you're on Apple, go in, maybe drop us five-star rating and review. Those things do help way more than no, than you could ever know. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Challenge Historian. If you would rather watch these, if you prefer YouTube, all of these videos are uploaded there and we'll sometimes have a little bit of extra extracurricular video content added into them. So that's always there for you to check out as well. But we will be back next Tuesday for our first double season review preview podcast. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to this whole season of All-Stars, the finish of Spies, Lies, and Allies. There's just so much great stuff going on in the world of the challenge, and it's just so great to have you here listening to me talk on and on and on about it. So thank you so much for being here and doing that. I will talk to you next Tuesday. Until then, peace. Peace.